Unity of Farmington Hills, a positive path for spiritual living. safe, but I know that I gotta make a change. I don't care if I break, at least I'll be feeling something. It's just okay, it's not enough. Help me fight through the nothingness of life. I don't want to go through the motions. I don't want to go one more day without your all-consuming passion inside of me. to have a wonderful music ministry that inspires you, you know? And every time you guys sing, it opens me up. I was able to stop from crying today. I didn't, I didn't cry. Usually you have me bawling. 
and I can barely talk, but today I held my own. <laughs> Yesterday, a couple of, several of us from Unity of Farmington Hills went to Ian's memorial, and for those of you who are visiting and those of you who don't know Ian, Ian was a very devoted member of this congregation. And he used to sit right here, and he used to, or was it where Mary's sitting? Is where Mary's sitting. Yep, is where Mary's sitting. Mary's sitting in his spot. She's holding it down for Ian. And whenever we would pass around the sign-in sheets, he would make sure to mention that there were donation envelopes in there and use them. <laughs> and I love that. And he would even bring his dog, Duncan. When I first saw Duncan enter, I was like, wow, we're open to everything. <laughs> I loved it. And he was part of the amen corner, because when I was getting into it, he'd go, roof, like, amen, Duncan. <laughs> Bring him every time. I loved it. Well, yesterday, there was a, the, you know, we were given an opportunity to share stories about Ian, which I love. That's, I think that's the most powerful way to remember people when they've transitioned, is to share stories about them, though, to people who know the person or even people who do not know the person, but it keeps their memory alive inside of your heart. And my dad said that always, that as long as you keep the person alive in your heart, they're alive for you, right? So there's this one cute story that I want to share with you. Michael, you and Roxanne and a couple of you have already heard it, but he, it was a story about how Ian was walking through the woods, I guess, with this guy, and he had a big rifle on his, on his back, right? And, and all of a sudden, the guy went, woo! And, it, and the rifle hit Ian and knocked him down. And the guy helped Ian up, and Ian stood up high, and the guy's shaking his, his, quaking in his boots, and Ian asked him, are you okay? And he was the one that was hit hard, right? Knocked him out. So later on, he explained to Ian that, you know, he was deathly afraid of spiders. And as they were walking through, he saw this big spider web and he was ducking the spider web, right? So during the, later on, they see this spider walking across the table. Now, this might have been a month or so later or whatever. And the guy goes, oh, a spider. And Ian goes, oh, my God. And the guy goes, what? He said, every time I see a spider, I get a headache now. <laughs> Talk about muscle memory, right? <laughs> I thought that was so cute. So that was really nice. I didn't walk in the woods with them. I didn't want to see any spiders. I don't like crickets. I don't like spiders. I don't like any kind of bugs. But I love nature. Can you believe it? <laughs> oh, man. I will call Howard in a room to kill a spider. And if it's a big one, and, he, and I'll say, Howard, he'll go, what? I'll say, this spider, he'll go, okay. Then he'll come in, oh, it is a big one, isn't it? Like, yeah. So those are my cute little jokes for the moment. I usually have something funny to tell. So today is, like Lauren said, today is Giving Sunday. And usually on Giving Sunday, the minister gets up and talks about how important it is to tithe, you know? How important it is to tithe of your time, to give of yourself, you know? How important it is to tithe of your talents and, and, and the things that you know, and to volunteer and give that away to others without asking money. The things that you would love, that you love to do the most, that you would not need to be, to, that you wouldn't be paid for. Like for me, ministering is something I love to do. I do it all the time. Sometimes Howard's like, come on, Kelly, let's go. Because I'm always ministering. And that's something I will do even if I'm paid or not. 
That's tithing of your talents, right? And then a minister will get up and sometime and talk about the, in, the importance of tithing of your treasure, giving 10% of what you bring in, whatever your income is, right? That's usually the, the, how ministers start off on, or talk about what they talk about on Giving Sunday. And they even may use a scripture that comes from Luke 6, and it's the gospel according to Luke chapter 6, verse 38, where it says, give and you will receive. Your gifts, and this is coming from the New Living Translation, your gifts will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together. Anybody heard this type of scripture before? Shaken together to make more room, running over and poured out into your lap. Then the amount that you give will determine the amount you get back. Now, there are ministers who normally speak on that. And I thought about that. I did. But you know, when, you, when you're a minister and you're led to, led to give what God gives to you, that's not what God gave me. God said, let's push them past the tithing of your time, your talents, and your treasures. Let's push them past that. Let's give them a question to make them focus on it. And Kelly, you're focusing on this too. And I've been focusing on this for a long time. And the question is, what if you gave everything? What if you gave past your time? What if you gave past your talents on what you're going to volunteer to other people, what you choose to give out? What if you gave past the tithing amount that you choose to mull off or what feels comfortable to you? What if you gave everything to God? How would your life look? Seriously. And what if everyone did the same thing? What if everyone gave everything to God? How would this world look? Seriously. Not mulling off your little bit what you think you're comfortable with. What if you stretched past what you're comfortable with and gave everything? I thought I did that back on June 14, 2003. On June 14, 2003, I married God. I said, God, I will put no man before you ever again. I have a covenant with you, God. And I, I will give my life to you. I will give to you. And no man will come before you, not even me. And I give you permission. See, God is, a God is a gentleman. God will not do anything more than what you give God permission to do. We're made in God's image and likeness, right? But being made in God's image and likeness, we have free will. There's a, there's a scripture that says, as a man thinketh in his heart, what? So is he but it's based off of what you're thinking in your heart. So you can be thinking things terrible about yourself. God will give it to you because God is no respecter of persons. It may not be what's best for you, what you're asking for, what you're praying for, but because we have free will, we activate that which is what's inside of us to draw that to us. So I say, God, I give you permission to even take me out of the way and put you first. I'm thinking that's giving everything, right? But I said every, any man. I didn't say my life. I didn't say my pain. I didn't say my finances. I didn't say my relationships. I didn't say my marriage. I didn't say my children. 
I didn't say my job. I didn't say what your plan is for me. I give that to you. I did not say that. I said a man, a human being. What if we give everything? Think about that. There's this song that I love that Lauren sings, and he sang it last week, and it triggered me, and it's been sitting with me all week. And it says that, what if I give everything? I'm going to pull it out. I like the lyrics to it. It is awesome. And I remember the first time I heard it, it made me break down and cry. And then I was heading home from work. And, I mean, and it was church, so it was work. <laughs> I was about to say I mean, but it was. It was church. It was work. And I'm heading home. And Howard didn't come with me that time. Lauren is saying that song. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to be here. And I said, I give it to you, God. I said, what is your answer? You know, you turn on the radio and listen to everything. The song was on the radio. And the words were clicking in. All my life, I longed to be a hero. My sword raised high, run into the battle. I was going to take giants down, be a man you could write about. Deep in my chest is the heart of a hero. Now, I remember when I was Electro Woman, <laughs> deep in my chest was the heart of a hero back in the day. But what happened to that now? Being fearless enough to step past my comfort zone and give everything to God, right? Then the next step, the next one hit me hard, even when he was singing it. And I cried then too. Then, then you guys are used to me crying. So why am I still standing here? Why am I still holding back from you? I hear you call me out into deeper waters, but I settle on the shadow end. Why am I still standing here? Why are you guys still standing still? How is God calling you out into the deeper waters? At that moment, it was letting go of what I was familiar with and going to a church that I started to know wasn't a connection for me, but it was familiar. How many of you know that everything that's familiar is not always comfortable? But you're used to it, right? And it was driving an hour away, but I was used to it, and I was used to them. And that was where I cut my teeth coming back into ministry. But God was pushing me further away. People were calling, other churches were calling and asking me to speak, and I was like, Every excuse in the book. I'm working too much. I'm too busy. I'm in school. What? And my girlfriend one time, she was like, when I started speaking here, she was like, oh, I thought you were too busy. You were in school. You were working. Remember? You, you didn't know what you were going to do. You didn't get enough sleep already. How are you going to do that? Remember you were saying that? And I was like, are you picking with me? <laughs> but think about your life right now. Where can you give everything? Where in your life are you not extending to God? 
Where are you standing on shallow water? And I promise you, there's somewhere inside of you that God's pulling you forward because we are spiritual beings. We are made in the image and likeness of God. We are made to create in our life all the time, not just once in a while. That's why those things that we end up creating, like what else can go wrong? And God will answer the question. (laughs) You ever had that? What else could go wrong? It's like, oh, didn't mean it. It was rhetorical. (laughs) Right? Murphy's Law comes in full force because you gave permission with that question. But what if you gave everything to God? I was listening to this story, well, reading this story, actually, about this young man who, he, he wrote an article that I was reading about, and he said, and it's called Give It to God. And he was saying that when he was younger, he lost his father, and that was crushing for him. And he had heard that God is the father to the fatherless, and, the widow, and for the widows, widowers, I mean widows, he's there for them. But in that moment that he was experiencing that pain, he didn't want to be here. He wanted to take his life. Now, I will confess, I have had moments when I was younger of deep depression where I wanted to take my life too. I didn't feel God in that moment. Although I was praying to God all the time, and I had thought I had a relationship with God then, but in the moments that I was feeling insecure and less than and little and comparing myself to other people, that's the wrong thing to do if you're depressed is to compare yourself to other people because then you find what's, oh, God, see, there's some more issues while I should be. I'm so depressed. Because I promise you, you will always find someone better than you And you always find someone who's not when you're comparing. But when you're depressed, you're always looking at those people who are better than you, right? In this case, this young man was feeling so depressed. And he said he started reading the Bible. Now, I profess to you guys, now I I confess to you guys that it wasn't until I really started studying God studying God's word, that I knew who I was to God. And not only did I know who I was to God, I knew that everything I had was God's anyway. When you pass away, you're not going to take that stuff with you. Now, the Egyptians packed everything and those things with them, mummified their bodies and everything so they can look good when they get to heaven (laughs) and take all their treasures with them. But the truth is, you come as you leave, naked. And then when you leave, you don't even take your body with you. That's borrowed too, that's God's too, right? You can tweak it and do all this stuff, and God said, that's not how I put made you. (laughs) But even in those moments, your life is God's. Why not give it to God right now? Why not make your life easier and give it to God? There's a scripture in Acts 20, verse 35, and I love this, where Paul is writing, and he says, and he's talking about Jesus. He said, you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus, and remember that anything that is your Lord is what you are following in your life. 
So if you're following what other people think about you and living your life according to what other people think about you, that is the Lord of your life. If you're trying to look good and in front of other people and you're trying not to get bad opinions about yourself or you're living your life to, with the disease to please like I used to have, that, those people are your idols. They are your lords. He is saying, remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Now, for us, what it means is that Jesus is our way shore. So we live according to the life and teachings of Jesus. And we use that life and teachings of Jesus to be an example in our life. Jesus gave everything to God, even up on the cross. He said, I commend my spirit into your hands. He gave everything to God. And in this scripture, it says that Jesus says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Anybody heard that scripture? How many of you overdo it? I tend to overdo it sometimes. I'm learning my lesson not to overdo it. You know why? Because when I overdo it, I take away someone else's blessing to give to me. And I block what giving, what giving triggers in the first place. When you give, you trigger the receiving. That giving you shall receive, pressed down, shaking together, running over in your lap, all of that is mutual. It's a law that you want to keep going. Right? So the reason why it is more blessed to give than to receive is that as you activate the giving, you activate the Christ in yourself, the God in yourself, to share with other people. But when you only do it through love and through faith and through believing that you've given it because you were led to give it. You ever given to somebody and they took it and ran with it and just took it for granted and then came back for more? And you give it to them then, okay. And then they come back for more again? Now in that situation, you haven't given them the opportunity to learn how to give. In this Giving Sunday, we're going to go past. Now, of course, giving of yourself, giving of your time, and giving of your treasure, that's very important. That's very important. But on this Giving Sunday, let's go further than that. Let's give everything. So this guy who I was talking about in this article said he started studying God and thinking about what it really meant to give. And he thought, oh, I, well, I go to Sundays and I give every Sunday morning. I volunteer for the church and everything. But as he started studying and learning God more, he felt compelled to give of himself to God. So he started giving his hurt and pain, and that is deep. Anybody lost a parent? That hurts. Anybody lost a sibling or someone close to you? That hurts. But we have someone. We have a spiritual presence. We have that within us. Greater is he that is within us that will take the pain. We have God. God will take it. 
and God will replace it with comfort. The other day, it hit me hard. I was walking past the refrigerator, and I have a beautiful wallet-sized picture of my sister on the refrigerator door, and I just, I was excited about today, and I wanted to share with my sister, and I saw her picture, and it just made me break down and cry. And I still feel it deeply. I do. But every single time I remember my sister in pain, I give that to God. I don't want that vibration in me. It causes illness. That's part of giving everything to God. So I started talking to Howard about it and telling him about how I'm getting this wave of sadness upon me. And when you confess it, I'm giving a wave of sadness. God knows knows it already, but when you confess it, you turn it over to God. What do you need to turn to God? What do you need to give over to God? Think about it. Where do you need to step further and go, just go a little bit further, wade out a little bit deeper in the water? Now, I won't go far in my waist because I can't swim yet. I'll go a little bit further than that, maybe up to here. So that if I fall down, I can stand back up. Then I won't really drown, you know. But how, how many of us need to step out further past your comfort zone? Past what you know to give. How many of us are laying everything, our pain, our body, everything? Another thing that's difficult to give it over to God is your children. We worry about our children, don't we? I told God I give my children to you, and the next moment I realized I was worrying about my daughter. Her boyfriend has been diagnosed with stage one leukemia, blood cancer. I just lost my sister of cancer. And I'm like, my daughter's going to be crushed if Marcellus passes. In that moment, I was an Indian giver. I had given, it over to, given her over to God. Then I hear some bad news about her boyfriend, and I take it back and start worried about it. But when you give everything, you give everything. I even asked God, what do you want me to wear today? How do you want my hair to look? Well, what would look pretty with this outfit? And he said it up. Am I right? It looks good? Okay. I can say God dressed me today. And I'm telling the truth. (laughs) But in that moment, I started to worry about how Marcellus would feel. Because last year, he lost his mother. His mother was in a bad car accident. And her, heart, her head swelled up. They had to do surgery. They thought maybe she might make it, and she took a turn for the worse and passed away. Now he's already gone through that. His family's already gone through that. And he can't really afford the leukemia treatments. I'm sitting here stressing and worrying about it. I didn't turn it all over to God. Now I'm contributing to worry and stress in his life and my daughter's life by praying. That's a prayer. I shifted it around. Excuse me, God, I apologize for that. Please forgive me for that. And I sent him a text message and said, claiming his health, claiming his wholeness. And I listened to God, what God wanted me to share with him in that moment. Anytime you're worrying about someone else in that moment, somewhere inside of you, God wants you to pray for that person, not worry about that person. Put them in God's hands. Give it over to God. 
Somewhere where you're worried about your finances, somewhere where you're worrying about your relationships, somewhere your marriage, somewhere where whatever it is you're worrying about. I used to stress out about school. I'm dang near 50 years old and I'm back to school. How am I going to do? Oh my God, what am I doing? Had to turn it over to God. How do I look walking across the stage 50 years old? I look just as fine because there's people 10 years old over than me. And I even did my little pump. How many of you have seen the video? <laughs> Me pumping it up. <laughs> yeah, they saw the real deal. But my point is, he gave everything to God. He gave that pain to God, that hurt to God. And he realized God was his father. God was the spiritual father that he needed to comfort him. God was the spiritual presence that his mother needed to be comforted from her husband's death. God is the presence that you need in any situation of your life, so why not turn it over to God? So I ask you again, what if you gave everything? How would your life look? What if everyone gave everything in this world? How would this world look? Wouldn't it be awesome? Do you have people in your life that you rely on and you know they're going to give to you? You know they'll be there for you. Anybody? You know beyond a shadow of doubt. You can trust that person will be there for you. What if you trusted God that same way? The Bible says if, a, if your father would give it to you, instead of a stone when you ask for some bread or a fish, what more will God give you? What if you turned that over? I remember when I was growing up, my daddy was my hero. He's still my hero. But Howard's my hero, too. <laughs> I mean it. I mean it. He is like my dad a lot, and I, I'm glad I have him in my life. I'm glad. I want you to know that, Howard. I'm glad I have you in my life. I really am. But when I was growing up, my dad was always there. And when he grew up, when you say, I love you, his mama would say, me too. So he would say that too, me too. But I promise you this, you never had to guess if my father loved you, ever. His actions spoke louder than his words. Love you, daddy, me too. But in those moments when you needed him the most, he would say, I love you. And when my mom passed, he started saying it a lot. We're like, wait a minute, let's mark the calendar. I love you, Daddy. I love you, too. Wait a minute. There's nothing serious going on. He's saying, I love you. My mom had fed it into us so much that when she transitioned, he took that and let it be his way of sharing my mom by saying, I love you. But there are times in my life when I need my father, and I'll call, and he's not there. There are times I need to talk to him. As a matter of fact, when we were younger, when, before my mom passed away, there were times that I'd call the house and talk to, and I would always call and talk to my mom, right? But there were some times my dad would be like, I'm about to hand him, no, daddy, I need to talk to you, not mama. Oh, you do? And he'd leave out the room. And we'd have our conversation. You know, there's times when you need your daddy's advice, right? Anybody? You need your daddy's advice. And then he'd come back in the room, and my mama would say, he would be like, she would be like, who is that? Kelly? And he, she'd be like, he didn't want, she didn't want to talk to me? No. She wanted to talk to me. 
And he said she'd feel, my mom said he would feel so good about that. But there are some times, even though my dad is always there, there are some times when he's not. He can't be. You can't be at two places at one time. But I tell you who can. I tell you every time. I tell you who will be there every single time. I tell you no matter what situation you're in, when, even when you don't acknowledge it, who is there? Who is there? God. Say it again. God. Say it louder. God. Yes, I, I want you to say it like you mean it. <laughs> Not like you think I was fishing. No, seriously. So give everything. Today when you bring up your love offerings and put them in the basket, and you see them going out and you're giving them. Know that as you're giving them, God, you're activating the receiving to come back. We already know that part, right? There's another scripture that says to test God. It's in the Old Testament. It says to test God that he will not answer what he said. That he will fill up. Let me see what that says. It's in Malachi. I, want, I love saying the word, God's word, but I, I want to say it right. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in your temple, in my temple, if you do. The Lord says, I will open the doors of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough, enough to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Give God everything. Try God out. God says, your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Now, what is insects and disease? Insects and disease, if you look at it spiritually, represents those people who come with those, na those naysayers who try to steal your dream, those dream stealers. But if you're not worrying and concerned and doubting yourself, you couldn't draw them to you. And even when you drew them to you, if you were not doubting or worried or insecure yourself, you wouldn't take credence in what they say. Does it make sense? Let God's word be the most powerful word in your life. Give everything to God and let God take, if you gave your life to God and God will bring you back your finances pressed down, shaken together, can you imagine if you gave your life to God what God will give back to you? Can you imagine that? How amazing that would look? Woo, I'm imagining that. I'm going to be like my sister and brother-in-law going, going traveling all the time. Now that I'm getting less afraid to be on an airplane. I started to say I'm not afraid, but you got to tell the truth when you're in God's eyes, right? I'm starting to get less afraid to get on an airplane. But turn everything, give everything to God. Amen? Amen. I want you to ask the question, what if I gave everything? Together, what if I gave everything? Now think about it. And then affirm, my life will be amazing. Amen? What if the world gave everything? What if everybody gave everything? Say, the world will be amazing. Do you believe it? Seriously? I do too. Are you ready to give everything? I am ready to give everything to God. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.
my life I long to be a hero My sword raised high Running to the battle I was gonna take giants down Be a man you could write about Deep in my chest Is the heart of a warrior So why am I still standing here? Why am I still holding back? Across the line So why am I still standing 